Hey guys, there's actual Redskins news to talk about. Are you excited? Oh, you you bet I am, baby. Can you tell just by looking at me? It's, a, it's an audio medium, but we'll, we'll... Everybody can see see my face through the radio stream, right? Which one are I, you? The I'm old still, radio I'm still stream. learning about media, and I think radio is it's just getting hot now. I'm very excited about the future. There's we'll, no, there's no video. Yeah, we'll have just to just audio. We'll this, have to do a tutorial later. This is news. Thanks for tuning in. This is Hogs Night of Podcast. We are back on a Thursday night. Uh, as I mentioned, there was actual football things that happened. We are coming out of the drought, out of the dead zone. The Redskins, uh, along with the 31 other teams in the NFL, have completed their draft, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like. This is about as optimistic as I have seen this fan base in some time. I agree. Um, I think you. it's going to be hard to find anything to feel bad about so far this draft, but I do think last year there was a similar amount of enthusiasm with, uh, mm. with how Geis kind of fell to us. And then obviously it was just bad luck and how that situation turned out. But, I mean, this year it's, it's a whole different situation. We kind of beefed up at a few different areas and I think it's something that and in addition to that we have guys hopefully being healthy and so we have all these things kind of working in our favor this this offseason and so it's definitely definitely something to be happy about I think yeah I think the the draft accomplished its goal this fan base was at one of the the all-time lows I think mm-hmm and it's injected some life and and people are excited about the season again and that's all you could ask for uh, if you're Dan Snyder and want to sell some tickets. Yeah, we're at the point where like they've never done anything as a Redskin to either make you like them or conversely, you can point the finger and say like that guy lost us a game. So right now uh, they've kind of done that. I don't know that <laughs> you know like right now it's the opportunity to be like all right, yeah. this these guys are the future. Like we hope. just made, yeah, there's hope. Hope abounds. I mean, we've talked year in and year out about you know, winning off the field, but it feels like the Redskins made the right choices. At least, you know, and it's not just my opinion, and I would wager to say it, the opinion of the folks in this room, but it seems like the Redskins got a lot of good attention for something that they did in terms of personnel decision-making. And that is not really necessarily been the the narrative around the Redskins in the past and so to go in and really like nail it it's it's a good feeling yeah this is something we're not really used to there's always you see the grades go around and mm-hmm. we're never too high in that chart just because we always do things that I don't know they seem good but then we mess it up somehow but this year everything seemed to be I'm hoping something that we wanted it, it looks yeah it looks like we actually drafted real well this season yeah, I think it was definitely a very promising draft. I think it's still too early. You really don't know um, just how good these kids are. I mean, they're all still so young and have so much to, to develop and grow still, I would think. But really, I mean, I think it was a mix of them making the right moves, but also some guys kind of still being around for them to kind of go out and grab. Um, but I think, yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing to be upset with. I, I think they were aggressive at the right times, and they got their guys, and, and hopefully the pieces come together, and we see it turn out in a, a few months. I mean, we're, we're not 
draft experts. I also think anyone who claims to be a draft expert is full of shit. But, you know, okay, so you talk about it. It's a combination of being good and lucky. And if you look up and down the draft board, we can start right at the top. Redskins got their guy at the first pick. And, you know, Dwayne Haskins, quarterback out of Ohio State, it was there were rumors swirling around in the days leading up to the draft that they were prepared to trade up to the third pick. It's just like, oh, God, here we, like, it, it felt kind of like a potential RG3 situation, which, to be fair, worked out really well for one year. Neither here nor there. But I don't think anybody really, not that people didn't want Dwayne Haskins, but they didn't want to give up the farm to yeah. go get him. And so... My favorite part of this draft was watching Giants fans freak out over Daniel Jones oh, because yeah. they were not happy. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know if we've ever had that much of a mix-up in terms of expectation versus the pick that was made, but just seeing that pick get ripped apart in terms of what else was there, it's... I don't know. It makes you feel good, and especially because that's a division rival, and now it's somebody oh, that yeah. this kid, if if he gets to start against them, he's going to be very motivated to to show them why they they made a mistake in, in letting him go. So I think it's something to to feel good about, and maybe a little sorry for the. No, I don't feel sorry for the Giants. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I just want to say something real quick. I was reading an article. The guy right Game of Thrones. He's a huge like yeah, George R. R. Martin. Yeah, Giants fan. So he got on Twitter and was just like yelling at the Giants, like how, like as a fan, because that's what he is. And he was like, "How can we pick this guy? How do we let Dwayne Haskins go to the Skins in our division? Like Daniel Jones threw fifty passes in his career, Duke. That's that's nice, but Haskins threw fifty in one season. So how do we let that go? It's like, all right, I, I love this. This is, this is good for us. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how this works out. There's definitely some Schadenfreude. Like I'm never upset to see a Giants fan upset and you know some of that's a function of just like it's just very tasty to me um, and it's going to be really interesting for, for a couple years for sure and the Redskins were in a situation like this with that RG3 year you know there was that at the top of the draft the number of quarterbacks with luck and RG3 this year Kyler Murray a guy we've spent some time talking about he goes one that was never really in doubt but the fact that the Giants had the opportunity to take Dwayne Haskins and passed on him. Now Haskins has the opportunity to kind of like, I got a chip on my shoulder, like I'm going to make these guys pay for years, and I love that, absolutely. Well, so you look then at what the Redskins continue to do in the first round where there were some guys who said, don't take Haskins, take Montez Sweat. And I know, at least on Hogshaven, you know, we had our, our draft party and it was live-streamed, and there was some disappointment in the room that Sweat wasn't the guy, and then what do the Redskins do? They go and trade back into the first round. They've been stockpiling picks for a few years and go and get... They, they check two boxes in round one of guys that are going to be top-tier top like prospects for, for several years and go and take Sweat out of, out of Mississippi State at he's like an edge rusher, a position that they sorely needed help at. I mean, this might be the best first round they have had from start to finish. I mean, they haven't had two first-round picks in ooh, a number of years. But it seems I, crazy that that's the yeah, case. How? <laughs> I mean, it feels it feels pretty good what they did there. It does. I think um, I think Haskins may be the bigger question mark, uh, just because of the position that he's 
he's playing and there's obviously a lot more contextual type of learning that he has to accomplish where I think Montez Sweat can let his athleticism kind of take over and make plays whereas Haskins has to obviously read coverages and learn the offense as well so uh, I think that that pick to me is the highlight of of round number one and I'm excited to see him on the defensive side of the ball yeah he's he's like a physical freak um he I think he slots in as a as a day one starter I I, yeah I hope so for uh I mean sweat just to, to go in and you you can't teach that type of athleticism and of course you know the your first year of being in the pros is not the same as your your fifth year of being in college if they, if you stick around that long. But there is sort of a less steep learning curve at non-quarterback positions than there is at the quarterback position. So Redskins go in, they, they take uh, Haskins, they take Sweat, and then they check another box in the third round and go out and get Terry McLaurin, who was... Dwayne Haskins' favorite receiver at Ohio State. The Redskins desperately needing to up. They may, I, they may have the worst receiving core in the league. I think absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And especially it got a little weaker in the offseason with Crowder leaving. Crowder goes like, and you know what? I, there's still a lot of potential with a guy like Trey Quinn. Paul Richardson was banged up. Um, a thing that happened this week: the the Redskins declining to pick up the final year on Josh Doxson's rookie option. I mean, that's a first-round pick that, I mean, saving, save for a phenomenal season from Josh Doxson, you got to label him a bust. I mean, maybe, I don't want to say it's not too soon, but it's not not too soon. Unless Haskins knows how to throw the Jay Gruden fade, it's a bust. (laughs) Dude just does not know how to run routes. (laughs) So, and stay healthy. And stay healthy, exactly. Like a big receiver with foot issues, like that's not a recipe for success. So he's got a he's got a lot to prove this season. Um, but either I, either I hope, way, I hope that makes him play with a chip on his shoulder because he definitely has something to prove. So I hope he can step in and be the guy we all thought, even though he hasn't, hasn't showed it. But I want to see it a little more consistently. Hasn't that been like every year though? Yeah, I know. Every year we have we have this conversation yeah. about. Oh, this has to be the year. Yeah, he hasn't moved the needle one iota since he started in the league. It, you know, he was dinged up his first year. Oh, he's 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 big. He's got huge hands. He can he can catch. Second year, same conversation. He gets hurt. He's not getting targets. Like Kirk Cousins doesn't trust him. He gets hurt. Season ends. You know, th- and so it's you're right. It's been the exact same thing year in and year out. And so now. I mean, no matter who it is, and we could talk a little bit about that, he's going to have a new guy throwing him the football. And I'm led to believe that trust is such a huge issue between quarterbacks and their receivers. You have to have a guy that you believe can get open and catch the football and not make you look dumb. And Josh Doxson, to this point in his career, has never been that guy. Yeah, I, I think he has to be excited at this opportunity because the whole thing with his career is consistency. Either... He can't stay healthy, or when he is healthy, he's getting very limited targets and catches in a game. And it's something that this year I think he has to prove. He has to be seeing at least a couple targets, making the catches. He can't be dropping those balls that are hitting him in the chest this yeah. year. I mean, it's just unacceptable. And especially this far along, you, you have to 
I don't know, know when to kind of cut ties at that point. If, if it keeps happening, farewell. But hopefully he can figure it out. I'm rooting for him, but it's just kind of tough to watch sometimes because he, he needs to do it. We need to see it, but it's not working. He's certainly a guy we're going to keep an eye on, game in and game out. We'll, we'll probably call him out. Let's, we'll, let's make a point to talk a little docs and once the season rolls around. Um, on a the doc talk. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> invented a, you invented a segment right before our eyes. So, yeah, when you talk trust to go take a quarterback and then go get his favorite receiver in the same draft, like, that's really saying, like, the, the key, here are the keys, like, you're going to drive. So then the Redskins, though, continue to make moves in this draft in the fourth round. And, you know, a fourth-round pick is a guy that you say maybe has a 30% chance of being a productive starter in the NFL. That's sort of like how it breaks out on average. They go get Bryce Love, the tailback out of Stanford, who by all accounts was incredibly talented, a really hard runner, fast runner. The Redskins right now are stacked at tailback. It's probably their biggest strength, right? They got Chris Thompson, Adrian Peterson, and Darius Geis coming off that injury. But It's he- a lot of like unproven guys, though. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know if it's their, their big, biggest strength, but... I'd say biggest potential, maybe. It's going to be interesting because you don't take a fourth-round pick to cut him. So there's going to be a tailback who was on this team last year who's not going to be on the team because Bryce Love is on the team. Yeah. How how long did we sign? Was it a one-year deal for AP, or what did we sign him to? I believe it was a one-year deal. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so it's him. I mean, So the running backs they have are Peterson, Geis, Chris Thompson, Bryce Love, and then... Samaj P. Ryan. Oh, he's he's gone. Byron yeah. Byron Marshall. Oh, that's who I meant. Byron, Byron Marshall. Marshall. Okay. I don't remember. I that remember guy him like one carried. play. Um, but he, you know, they have been so injury prone that they've needed those that yeah. depth at the position. And to say that the team is stacked is like almost disingenuous, just because they like haven't been able to keep anyone on the field for an extended period of time, which is all the more reason that you need to go out and get a guy like like Bryce Love people are really amped about and i think you know who's to say it's like still so early but by all accounts a very talented tailback at stanford so definitely can't have enough tailbacks and if you can play a little special teams work himself into that role you make yourself even more essential like this these this is the round the mid rounds that's when you need to be able to do more than one thing oh my god if greg stroman returns another punt or kick whatever he does for <sighs> zero yards or the potent- that's, that's pretty good yeah, if we if we can get anybody with some speed back there, even though he is a hokey, give somebody else the ball in that situation. And right now, Strom is probably Brandon, what happened to Brandon Banks. Brandon Banks went and played in the CFL. Probably returned eighty <laughs> touchdowns that first. Yeah, year. well, they got those four hundred <laughs> yard long fields. It's like uh, yeah. touchdowns for days. He rushed eight hundred yards a game. I do love me some Brandon Banks. So then. Um, they have that second, fourth-round pick. They go get Wes Martin from Indiana. They actually got two linemen in a row. And it's one of those things with the Redskins, on paper, like their starting linemen are talented. But none of those guys ever stay healthy for a full season. It's a demanding position physically. So to go, you go get um, Wes Martin from Indiana, and then, of course, they had to get their Alabama guy. They get a center in uh, Ross Piersbacher, who, you know, he – won a national championship, so um, you got to say, all right, any any guy who's coaching, who's being coached by Nick Saban clearly is a fit in the Redskins we system. we got to get one. Roll Tide. 
all over the skins. Eventually, we'll have a full Alabama squad. But, um, you know, two guys who fairly well-regarded, big, physical. They need the depth at center. Uh, Ruye is probably going to be the starter at center to begin the season. But, um, you know, they had Tony Bergstrom filling in behind him. Once you sort of lose that first cut of guys, you're just basically going on athleticism. So then to round things out, they go get um, Cole Holcomb, the linebacker from North Carolina, in the fifth. Their sixth-round pick, Kelvin Harmon, was a wide receiver from NC State, a, kind of like a prospecty type receiver. You maybe see if he can do something for you in camp. Um, they go get another local kid in Jimmy Moreland, who played at uh, James Madison, JMU. And then uh, round things out with uh, Jordan Brailford, or edge rusher from Oklahoma State. At that point, like those guys are going to be fringe. Like You don't know if they're going to make the team. But top to bottom, I think you can feel pretty good about what the Redskins did in this draft. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it, as I've said before, it, it's hard to, to find a bad thing. And I am absolutely not an expert in this area, but... I think right off the bat, you could see the Skins were on something special, and the fact that they kind of found a wide receiver next, which was the next immediate need, and then got a running back that has great potential, um, still I think has, has some time to develop, and I don't think we're going to need to call on him, call on him as much this season, um, but who knows, with an injury, he could find himself getting thrown into the lineup. But, I mean, he's got a very good core of guys to kind of learn from. Um, and Certainly, I think yeah. uh, just, I don't know, first four picks I'm very happy with. And then I think it was just a very like solid draft throughout. It's, it's hard to find a bad, bad thing to say about this draft. Yeah, you use the draft to fill your positions of needs. And I think the Redskins did it. And I, I do like this draft in particular because it seems like in past years, they've kind of taken the best person available. Mm-hmm. At least that they did that with Doxon. And at least with this draft, it seems like a lot of those people were best athlete available and in a position of need. So I think that combination really lined up for the Redskins to have a impactful draft. I, I like the we addressed the wide receivers too. the two guys we got. I love that um, the one guy is coming as the number one receiver for Ohio State. Yeah, He's going to have that relationship already. And the other guy from NC State is a huge guy. He was like, he's like six two, and he's like two thirty. He's like a big guy, and I, I don't know. We need we need someone like that who can just kind of wrestle for the ball. And I'm excited to, to have some some new guys out there. Well, so here's a question for you: The Redskins now have gone three straight drafts, where at least at the very top of the draft, people have felt pretty good about their decision making. Between uh, well, frankly, it's like four drafts now, so. The, they go Jonathan Allen with a first-round pick. They get Deron Payne with a first-round pick. They trade back, end up getting Darius Geis with their top pick, and that fell all the way to the second round. And now with Haskins and uh, Sweat you know, as, as high-round picks, there is a narrative around this team that the front office does not know what they're doing. But frankly, do they deserve to get some credit for making picks that the last three got the last three. I mean, guys has been hurt, but like Allen and Payne have totally panned out. 
in my opinion. I think those guys like have been tremendous contributors when they've been able to be healthy. And like again, big asterisks. Everyone feels fairly good about Haskins and Sweat. Like they, no one is saying you made the wrong decision. Does Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder? Because I guess. Uh, Haskins was a Snyder guy. Do they deserve some credit for for making these decisions, at least from a personnel perspective? I think if they started those rumors that they were going to trade up and then didn't and followed through and executed perfectly, then absolutely. But no, I mean, in all honesty, I'm very happy that they didn't do what was speculated and the fact that the pieces kind of were there for them to grab. I think they absolutely deserve a ton of credit because they were patient and they didn't panic and realized hey we still have a a couple good picks here and we can kind of see get the feel for the room and they got a little bit of help but i think they they did a good job in in making the right decisions yeah i think we've definitely been in situations similar to this one where there's been a guy available and we've put way too much forward to go grab him and i'm glad this year we kind of stayed back and just let him fall to us and just let other people kind of take that jump so that, that was nice yeah, I'm just interested to see how the the picks kind of pan out. I mean, um, it's to me it's a little easy to say the the last three have been the most successful because they probably have the they have the least amount of um, history behind the picks. So, and also probably the better odds to get better guys because because the they draft the draft order. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. <laughs> Um, so I, I just, I'm going to say wait and see. Yeah, I, I mean, after however many years of not earning the benefit of the doubt, like I'm not all in on the Redskins being a competent front office, but it is interesting because if you were to identify the five teams that you expect to not know what they're doing in the draft, I think by and large, casual football fans or like any even people who are paying attention would probably put the Redskins in that group but the fact is they have so far the last few years like done a pretty nice job so hopefully they're able to to pan out um just something to think about you know I want it'll be interesting to see if the narrative starts to change so I guess the last thing we should discuss tonight before signing off we mentioned it earlier you go and take a quarterback at the top of the draft with your first-round pick. A, there's a ton of excitement. Anytime any team does that, maybe save for the Giants this year because those guys were not happy. Well, what happened over there? But the Redskins are kind of in this liminal position where they're expected to be pretty bad. Like, Vegas does not... I mean, the Redskins are right now... They're supposed to be eight-point underdogs in Week 1 against the Eagles. The over-under in Vegas, I think, is six. So, by and large, the expectations are very low. They go out and get Case Keenum in the the offseason. They trade for a guy because Alex Smith is hurt. It recently came out that Colt McCoy had some complications from his injury. Haskins as a first-round pick, when do you expect him to start? Because there's an argument to say you got to hold him back. Don't throw him to the Wolves. They're probably, they don't have the pieces around him yet. Keenum is a more veteran guy. But then there's also this other side that says, we went and got this shiny new toy 
who could potentially make this team markedly better, why throw away a season and let him sit? We got to put him in straight away. So I'm curious, like, where do you guys fall in terms of, like, do you start him in week one? Do you start him in week eight? Do you wait a whole season? Do you wait for an injury if that happens? You know, knock wood. Like, where, where do you, what do you think? Um, I think it's a dynamic situation. Uh, and obviously it rests on the offensive production because to me, Case Keenum's not going to necessarily lose you games but it's all about how he's able to move the football. If uh, he's not moving the football like the Redskins need him to, because a big struggle of the Redskins last year was we weren't scoring points. Yeah. And with this defense, we do need some support there. So to me, I would say at least by week five, we could, we could see him, but uh, I am, worried that if we throw him out there too early that he would develop bad habits of having to get rid of the football too early i think they they call it like happy feet just just kind of being scared back there and not trusting his teammates well so if you're saying week five then you're assuming the only reason you'd put him out there in week five is if, if you lost four games in a row and if you've lost four games in a row at that point is it worth it to like say he has to turn the season around well i don't think we lose four games in a row but i do think we have a losing record mm-hmm. um like really close games yeah I'd say, should I'd, be I'd say yeah two and three even in a, a situation where it's i haven't looked at the schedule yet but where you can already kind of sense the division kind of getting out of hand or getting away from you and the team's just not performing maybe a spark hmm. i yeah i think you want to give Keenum the start. Don't let Haskins start, even though he's he's new and everything. Keenum has been there before. I loved what he did in Minnesota. I didn't like what he did in Denver, obviously, but he's been there. Let Haskins kind of take some time and maybe learn from these guys. They've been there before. Let him kind of study a little bit. Because I, I think Keenum can show us a little bit, but yeah, if Keenum's really struggling, then you throw him in, but I don't think we start Haskins. It's kind of not identical to, but Kind of like how Cleveland was at the start of last year. They got yeah, they got Terod Taylor coming yeah. in, new quarterback, new system, and then they drafted. Uh, I don't know if I can if we can call him a stud quarterback yet, but they drafted uh, a, a the number one pick. Yeah, yeah, a very good quarterback prospect. And so it's kind of when you want to hand over the reins, but I think you kind of have to see how the season goes. If Keenum is playing well and the team's playing well. Even if we're losing, I think if Keenum's playing as well as he can and the team's not supporting him, you keep him in. But as soon as you kind of get a feel that this team is better, like we we deserve more or let's see what this new kid can do, if we're starting to kind of lose these 50-50 games, these games that are like kind of coin tosses in, in terms of if we could win or not, let's see let's see what he can do. So I think, I think he's not going to start day one, but I think as soon as we start kind of – getting a little doubt in the season he's gonna get he's gonna get the call i think there is one aspect that we didn't really touch on and that's uh ticket sales as well mm, yeah Be- because True. have you guys been getting facebook ads to to buy tickets uh, i certainly have i've been getting a lot of like oh you like their tickets available <laughs> oh are there <laughs> you don't say at the end of the day this is dan snyder's team and he's gonna 
do whatever it takes to make a profit. I Is think. That a, uh, whatever it takes. What's the band? Uh, Imagine Dragons. Is that an Imagine Dragons <laughs> yeah. reference? Um, Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it takes. And honestly, like. The Redskins Park is not the best experience, no. so it may come down to that where they need to to liven up the situation and and bring in some some entertainment. Yeah, I I, I forgot about how little we scored last season, and even with Alex Smith coming in, so I'm excited for two new quarterbacks coming in. Keenum can score, I believe. Sure, he's, I mean, he made it to an NFC yeah. Championship game in Minnesota. He, yeah, he had a be, he had a much better team around him than yeah. he does yes. right now. Yeah. Here's the other thing I think that's a confounding issue is there are competing interests on this team from a management perspective. There is the what I would say the front office goal of kind of building for the future versus Jay Gruden who needs to win right now in order to keep his job. He, at a certain point, you know, the Redskins have had the most players on IR of any team in the league now two years in a row. Whether or not you can say that's a thing they can control for, I think is, it's a point of contention. You could argue about it. But Gruden is going to do whatever he can to be able to keep his job. And if that means you throw the rookie quarterback out there, he's going to do it. But, it was pretty well documented last year that there was very poor communication between the front office and the coaching staff. And during this offseason with like the drafting, wasn't he left out of some... He was left out of a yeah. lot of conversations. Wasn't he also not even sure if he was returning until the offseason? I mean, he still had time left on his deal, but like, there, we will know, I think, by week 10 if Jay Gruden will be the coach of this team next year. I think earlier than that. I think by like week seven, midseason. So then, that to me would say he's gonna he's gonna make a, an evaluation, and whichever quarterback he thinks can win him games immediately, he will want to play. Yeah. Whether or not Bruce Allen and uh, Doug Williams and and Dan Snyder say you have permission to to play him is a whole other issue. Now, if it's me, frankly. I hope Haskins doesn't see the field this year. Really? I don't want to see him on the field. Really? I feel very strongly that for kind of like Haskins has some flaws in his game. He's not a particularly mobile quarterback. He's got an arm like a cannon. I think there is not a single quarterback who in the league who coming in with any iota of expectation would, I think these guys all benefit from sitting. Aaron Rodgers spent time sitting behind Brett Favre. You know, time and time again, the guys who get the opportunity to observe and learn as opposed to kind of being fed out there, they do better over the long haul. And Mahomes I, over Alex Smith. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And Smith is still going to be in the park. He's not going to yeah. be able to walk around much, but he is going to he will benefit from the guys around him and I just They will push him around the park. Sure. Yeah, he's gonna get. He'll get wheeled around. He might get him one of those. Uh, what's the thing? The goofy looking things you stand Hover on. Around, yeah, I'll around. take you where you want to go. I. I just. I really believe that if the Redskins want to put themselves in a position to be successful, even in the midterm, they need to give Dwayne Haskins the opportunity to sit and learn. 
you think even in a totally lost season, week week fourteen, we're already eliminated. You if, think if he gets a start or two, I wouldn't be terribly miffed about it. But yeah. at the same time, like, what good if you feel as though he hasn't learned the system or like been able to develop to the game? What good does it do to take him and throw him out there in a meaningless football game? Get the get the nerves out. Just say, all right, I did this last season. Now I'm starting fresh. Hopefully he's a starter by next season. Maybe we'll see how it works. But I don't know. Maybe just to kind of like get him used to the idea of being a starter. I think there's no doubt that he's the week one starter next season. But I would be like, if we're in week six and people are like, Dwayne Haskins needs to start. I'm not feeling good about that. Yeah. If there's that, yeah. That me neither because that means that we're losing. Yeah, we're not doing the right thing because I agree I think that this is Keenum's job to lose he should hopefully at least make us competitive enough to the point where we're I don't know staying in the division title race getting a chance for the playoffs I mean it's going to be we're in a very competitive division these days yeah I I, I would ideally not want to see Haskins on the field unless an injury occurs again it's going to be interesting I mean I think it's again too early to start doing roster projections i think this is the situation where the redskins if they can will keep three quarterbacks um on the active roster so i don't even know if haskins is the guy who comes in to fill in but again too soon we don't know what's gonna happen with colt mccoy we haven't even fully been briefed on what's gonna happen with alex smith though i think the general consensus is he's not gonna play at all this year, let alone maybe ever, um, but it, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. I'm excited about sort of the prospects of the future, and um, it'll be cool to see what happens. They have given the fan base hope. Yeah, that's all you can really hope for is hope. I, f- I felt this way last year. This year, it is it is more. There was more. There's more to be excited about with the pieces that were filled, but but yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm always excited for the first few weeks, and then when I start seeing the trend coming back, uh, you I think fall, you're I done with them, and they fall really you back they in, fall really right back, back down. In. But hopefully, you never know. This year, it's a new year. Uh, maybe maybe we'll see something new this year. Yeah, I was talking to my coworker, and he's like, "Oh, it's the best best time of the year, baby, because the draft just went really well. Because last year we got guys and everything. He's like explaining all these like." prospects we just picked up and then this year too we're tied for the division yeah lead. and then right. you know we haven't then, lost any games yet yeah so. and then a month later guys gets injured so yeah i'm just hoping this year everyone has a safe preseason and we just uh we get ready for the season and obviously the biggest difference between the start of this season and seasons past you got hogs night of podcast will be there to talk about oh hell yeah just fueling the team through the postseason hopefully so on that note, I think we'll uh, we'll call it a night. You'll be able to find us and uh, a couple other phenomenal feeds, uh, episodes right in this feed for Dr. Chris Jones, for Nebot Neal, for Beach Roomba, and for Brian from Hogs Haven. Thank you all for tuning in. This was Hogs Night, a podcast. <laughs>